0: you're listening to Decidedly Dry. I'm your host, Jess Steitzer. This is a sober podcast where we actually focus on the good. Amazing, right? We spark inspiration, we try to provide some hope, and we help motivate you. I promise to always keep it real, provide some dry humor, and remind you every single episode why sobriety is truly a superpower. If you'd like to learn more about the show or make a donation, just head on over to DecidedlyDry.com. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 18. Can you believe we are almost at 20? Oh, I'm so, so excited. All right, my friends. So today I have a very special guest. Well, as you know, all of these people are special, but today... I get to interview one of my closest friends, Julie. Julie is someone that I met actually throughout my sober journey in one of the programs that I used. And we'll talk about that in this episode. But what I love about Julie and our chat is she really points out some different programs that are available out there that I haven't talked about on this podcast yet. She also voices the importance of Listening to your gut and talking to your friends when you feel like something's going on and you want to make a change. So, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Here's Julie. Well, hello, everybody. This is Jess with Decidedly Dry. And I'm so, so honored to introduce you to one of my sober besties, Julie. Hi, Julie. Hey, what's going on, Jess? I'm so Yay. happy to see you. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm very ecstatic that you were interested in sharing your story. Have you shared your story? You know, in an
1: informal setting, just around, you know, visiting with friends and people who have asked me questions, but not like in a way that's going to be recorded and, you know, other people that I don't know are going to be listening in. So yes, I've shared my story with others, but yeah, it feels good to be here
0: today. Yeah, I'm so excited. (laughs) Well, it will be televised and straight. No, I'm kidding. (laughs)
1: Dreams. we're yes, going big this time. <laughs> uh-huh. well, well, okay. That changes what I was going to say. All right. Give me a minute.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, well, thank you in advance for being here. It's an honor. And I selfishly am just so excited to spend the next, uh, however long with you. Cause I adore you. But, um, for those that are listening that have not had the opportunity to meet you, let's start with your intro. Tell people a little bit about yourself, who you are, if you have kids, where you live, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, happy to. So I'm Julie Swartz, and I'm originally from Iowa, and I still live in Iowa. Um, I have a husband. His name's Ray. We have three boys. Um, One just turned 20. Another one's graduating this year. He's 18. And then I have a son that's also uh, 15. And the cool thing about my stage of life is I also have a stepdaughter who's in her early 30s, and she has kids with her husband. So I'm both a mom to teens and a mima to a 6-year-old, a 3-year-old and a almost 2-year-old. So, I get the best of all that kind of stuff. Yeah, oh, I really love
0: cool. it. So, and stepmom, stepmom and for a long time. Lots of titles, lots of names. It's so fun. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, for everybody that's listening, how long have you been alcohol free? Uh, let's see. I've been this
1: Three and a half years because September is my four year anniversary. So heading right around the corner. Um, And, you know, I I have really kind of approached this journey with sort of the sober minded approach because to everybody listening out there, it's not that I've been completely alcohol free over those, those four years, but my approach has been the occasional sip off my husband's drink is something I do, you know, I'll have a Um, maybe a beer on occasion. But again, knowing what I know about moderation, I know that journey is not for everybody, but for me, that's what works. And so um, I've been able to string together a lot of time in the sober minded journey. And I would say over the past three and a half years, you know, I've maybe had like maybe a total, (laughs) if we're adding up all the little (laughs) sips and stuff, maybe a total of seven drinks over, you know, we're talking 12 ounces. So if we're getting very specific. I wouldn't know, but yeah. Yeah. So that's probably more information than you needed, but I tend to, you know, alcohol free a hundred percent. Technically no, but I don't start my days over or anything
0: like that. When, you know, you just made me laugh out loud. Cause I was going to, do you remember the exact date and time of those seven <laughs> No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> well, the cool thing is, is when you drink very little, you can remember it all. Right. 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 Like I can't remember dates and times as times I was smashed back in the days, but I can remember, yeah, that I had a pina colada on my trip to St. Thomas. You know, I can, yeah, yeah I can remember it because it's not like I was, you know, totally altered or whatever. So, right, anyway.
0: right. Well, and I love that you pointed that out because I think it is always important to do what works for you. And if you have gotten to a point in your life and I'm sure we're going to touch all this or on all this when we talk about your story, but it seems to me like you have gotten to a very responsible, comfortable time in your life where you can you can handle it. You know what works for you. So, right, right. I love for that. Sure. Well, let's back up and okay. let's talk about your history with alcohol. So whatever you want to share, give us kind of the story. When did you start when did you start to notice things shifting? ready, set, go. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Well, let me take you back to when probably
1: I was a toddler. And what I mean by that is when we look at photos, family photos of me growing up and you look around in kind of like what's on the table and what's behind us, it's beer cans and vodka bottles. And so I am sure I probably had my first sip of alcohol, even as a very little kid, you know, something that I probably just picked up. And I even remember being, you know, early memories of being 10 years old and asking my parents, can I have a sip of that? And they would let me, you know? So, I mean, but I will say that uh, as far as really (laughs) diving into it, I think it was middle school, like around seventh grade or eighth grade, something like that. I just remember this horrible experience where I spent the night at a friend's house. It was a slumber party and we um, got a little sneaky and went into their parents. Listen to this. It's awful. Homemade (laughs) choke cherry wine.
0: This is what we
1: decided to get our our hands on. And uh, we started passing the bottle around. One of our friends was more experienced with that stuff. And she was teaching us drinking games. You know, we thought we were just so cool. Um, About half of them ended up throwing up. I mean, it was an awful experience, but that was the first time that I ever um, really would say got inebriated. Um, So that it began there. uh, And then Kind of took obviously a long break it wasn't like that was the thing that i wanted to do every weekend as you know a 13 year old but um I remember going into high school and these group of friends that I was with, we were like, okay, we're not going to tell anybody that we've drank before because we didn't want people to judge us. And it was like this big secret. And lo and behold, we get to high school and, you know, we're finding out that, oh, actually quite a few people are doing this. So I remember um, I was listening to another podcast that you did with a gal named Heather from Wisconsin. I really related to her story because she was talking about, you know, she started around 12 um, she, uh, was mentioning, and it just was so much, my story, like when you live in the Midwest and, you know, you're, you have access to farms and barns and fields and stuff. We would, we would just get together. Where's a party at this weekend? And we'd show up in the, oh my gosh, you know, the weirdest places, like, <laughs> somebody's lot that's abandoned and you know the next time it's I mean I remember partying it was just called behind the church there was this church in my hometown that had this big open field that was kind of down in a valley and nobody stop, could really but, see it. oh no I will not stop <laughs> I mean it's just I partied a lot in high school, and I remember taking a break my junior year, mainly because it was enforced, because my parents caught me drinking several times, and I just said, you know, this is not going to work for me, but that didn't last long, so it all kind of continued into college. I mean, I remember having a fake ID, and uh, I remember Heather Heather sharing that as well. There was just so much I could relate to with her and her story, um, because it really was just by the time I got to college, it wasn't like on my radar that I might have a problem because everybody around me was right in there with me. Um, and so, yeah. And then that continued into my early adulthood and then, you know, taking periods of not drinking when I was pregnant or breastfeeding. So I knew I could do it, but it wasn't just even on my radar to ever question it. Right. So, I mean, I would, I knew I could quit drinking out of necessity, and so that's why I was just so confused when I got older, um, when I was like kind of looking around, cause we still have a big social network of friends who a lot of it is geared around drinking and even my family still, um, until, which is, I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, but I mean, up until I stopped drinking, I mean, our family was still going strong, mm-hmm. even in like, you know, um, holidays get togethers, it was, you know, pouring bottle bottles of wine and uh, crown and crown, we all loved our crown Royal, you know? And so, um, but I just remember that that was just so ingrained and so accepted and just kind of like, this is my world. Never really questioned it before. Yeah. So that's yeah. it.
0: Oh my gosh. So much truth to that too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean like, and so relatable because I think we just did What everybody else was doing. I mean, we didn't have a reason to really question it, right? I mean, at least that's how it was for me. You know, Mm -hmm. you're a mom now. So now you, you drink wine or, (laughs) you know, you, Mm -hmm. you're having a barbecue. So you got to get the beer out, you know, like it's just, we were always kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say prepared, but we knew what we saw,
1: you know, yeah, conditioned. Yeah, Yeah.
0: That's the word I was looking for. Um, Oh my gosh. And I love that you brought up how similar your story was to Heather. I wonder oh, if it is a Midwest thing. I,
1: well, you know, <laughs> I didn't grow up in like a farm town, but I did grow up in a, you know, a bigger city, uh, Sioux city on the West side of Iowa. And there are things to do, but yet I think there is something to be said for kids making up their own entertainment back in those days. I mean, now, folks, you know, my kids are on their technology and they're home most of the time. I know where they're at. Mm -hmm. Um, But back then, I mean, you kind of had to create your own fun. And I remember having pockets of friends. I had my party friends. I had my academic friends. And then I just had my friends who were my athletes. And some of them, it's like a Venn diagram. Some of them overlapped (laughs) and some of them were very separate. But I very much realized now looking back that I was really kind of showing up in some social circles as one person and another social circle as another person. Couple that with being, you know, a practicing Catholic, um, having a lot of guilt from decisions I made when I was drinking, Uh, that whole relationship has gotten way better, kind of understanding um, my relationship with God and that it's a merciful relationship versus a punitive one. I mean, it's just been so transformative. Um, But yes, a lot of angst growing up and not really understanding like how this was so damaging and I didn't even know any of it, the drinking side of things. So
0: interesting. Mm-hmm. So one thought that kind of came to me while you were saying that, just how you would show up almost a little different to each group. And I think probably as humans, we do that, you mm-hmm. know, normally, but I'm curious now that you've been sober for so long and we'll get into kind of how you removed it and everything and all that good stuff. But, um, do you feel like you can show up more, like you, you now that you aren't drinking.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think when you are learning the skills and the tools to become sober or work on your sober journey, you, you are able to unlock a lot of things and have tools and strategies that help just sort of build your confidence and come into your own, um so I would certainly say that I've never felt like I've been more of my authentic self than I am right here in this moment. Um you know, do I guard some things? Sure. I mean, not everything is for everybody to know, but it, it, basically I try to be as open book as possible, especially if I can get the feeling cuz I think we know this, right? There are people who will ask us about our journey who don't have the same intention that somebody else who is just kind of curious about our journey. They want to know more about what's going on with us versus trying to convince us otherwise that we should be doing something else or whatever the case may be. So I just try to be as, um, yeah, yeah.
0: So what was your original question? Wait, can we... (laughs) Is this that part where I can re say something? I, even <laughs> you know? it. I mean, I think I answered it. I, I heard think. authentic. I heard yeah. yeah. I think I, you passed. We'll I get you all the <laughs> Right, right. I got all the bumper stickers in there. Oh, I love you so much. Um, Let's talk about how how you removed it when hmm. you got to a point where it was like you know maybe you started seeing some flags. If there were flags, you can share on it, or if you just got to a point where you were done. Tell me what was going on.
1: So many flags, (laughs) so (laughs) many flags that I just ignored. And it's like, wow, flags all over the place. Um, so I just remember, okay. So one of the things we do during the summertime is we, uh, camp with a, a bunch of folks. Um, it's, it's a long story. The best way to describe it is, is that my husband and I keep a camper at a lake in Southern Iowa and we drive to it. So, Um, On the weekends, uh, for about 10 years now, I would say most weekends, we would drive down and camp. And, you know, um, when you are camping, and you don't have to drive anywhere, and you're just kind of kicked back, you know, you can see it, just see it, right? It's Friday night, everybody's getting off work, and you show up, and, you know, you're cracking the beer before you even put out the awning type thing of the camper. Um, So it was a, a cycle of drinking Friday night, all day Saturday, waking up Sunday, uh, feeling horrible. Um, even having a bloody Mary or two before, you know, um, heading down the road, uh, um, you know, in the afternoon, um, and just really, and obviously my husband's driving at that point, I was the one that was trying to recover with bloody Marys. My point being you do that enough times, at least for me after years of that cycle, yeah, about 5 years ago, I started kind of going oh my god, this is getting old. This is just exhausting. And but these were all internal thoughts that I was having. And I kind of really was like looking around and and wondering like does anybody else feel this way? You know, I because when we camp down there, there's about eight other comp- couples that we know, so it's a big gathering of people. Um, but for what I could lead no, I was the only one. And then in my mind, I'm going, oh my gosh, even when I tried to cut back, it was just challenging because, well, you know, we know alcohol doesn't want us to cut back. It's going to do everything to keep its its grips on us. But also um, just feeling like I don't even know where I would begin, but I did start to say things to myself and kind of even out loud to friends like, man, I mean, this is just getting tiring or um i would say i can see why people go to aa because if i ever needed to quit drinking i would need some sort of support but i don't really want to go to aa because i knew that aa probably wasn't going to be the route for me because i was not prepared to say that i was never going to drink again mm-hmm. now I know that AA is a fabulous organization. I have lots of friends who have shared with me that they are part of it. And so obviously it works, but for me, I just knew in my gut, that was not the road I needed to go. So where do I, what do I do? (laughs) Right? Right, Like that was my thought, like, what do I do? I don't want to go to AA and I feel like I got to change what I'm doing. And so I just started kind of expressing to a couple of friends, just sort of what I was thinking. One of my dear friends, Nancy, um, who you know, right? Um, Nancy, our dear friend, um, she and I used to work together. And one of the things that we would do when we would get together is um, drink, right? Mm -hmm. Wine and and commiserate and and all these things and have a good conversation. And I just remember um, one of the times that we got together and I really feel like this was a turning point in my journey was I said to her, you know, I'm just getting tired of drinking. Like I'm, hmm. I'm tired of feeling bad, just physically, mentally exhausted. I said, I just, it's getting to the point now where even a little bit is making me feel hungover, you know, just a lot of unease. And I said to her, I go, I don't really know what to do, but I just you know, do you ever feel that way? And then, you know, I would ask a couple of other friends, do you ever feel that way? And sometimes I would get, yeah, yeah, I do. I feel like sometimes this is, you know, I, I want to kind of cut back or whatever. And every now and then I have a friend that says, no, I mean, no this way. Yeah. No, I don't want to give this up. <laughs> and then um, I would have, so the more I kind of just mentioned it to people, that was super helpful because just opening up a little bit kind of made that. Opportunity for it to kind of sneak in, mm-hmm. and it's amazing when we start to sort of open up, we are accepting of noticing things. So I'll give you one more example. I was at to dinner with one of my friends who I'd known for a while, but not well enough. I guess we hadn't gone out enough to know that she was a non-drinker. I know her through work, right? And we got together for dinner, and um, I ordered a beer. This is you know my standard, and uh, she ordered water, whatever. And, you know, it's so funny, the things we conjure up in our head when people, you know, don't order, that's how entrenched it is in my, was in my brain anyway. So I decided to where I go, oh, I said, you don't drink. And then, you know, this is just me. I'm like, I gotta know, I gotta know what her rock bottom was because clearly people don't just not drink. Right. Like right. this is a unicorn situation for me because like, what that, happened, right. What <laughs> happened that you don't drink? I mean, what was it? And she goes, no, I just never really have drink And I was like, never. And she goes, no, never. And I said, Oh, my goodness. So tell me more. And she said, Oh, so here's the thing. One thing I didn't mention, Jess, is I, I work for Weight Watchers. I'm a, a WW coach. And so um, this friend of mine also does WW. And uh, she was, you know, I just would rather, I love bread more than I would ever love alcohol. So I'm going to eat the bread. <laughs> so for her, it was all about just yeah, I'm going to have this instead of that. And that's amazing. <laughs> so Cynthia was never really introduced to her, and and that again, it's kind of like now looking back, it's those little things that you just sort of recognize as moments in your journey that were really pivotal. They were small, but they were pivotal. Mm-hmm. And so then, Nancy, my good friend Nancy, um, weeks go by, and all of a sudden she sends me a text and says. I think I'm going to do one year, no beer. Do you want to do it with me? It's a 30 day, no drinking challenge. So just by me kind of tossing that out there into the world and asking her that question, she must've been processing that. So that's where my journey started was I said, sure, but there I am. I'm looking at my social calendar. That's the first, okay, 30 days. Where can I, and as you can imagine when there's nothing, there's no good time to quit drinking for 30 days. If that's going to be the thing that we're looking for. So she and I began that on. Well, she started earlier than me because you know she had already. She's like, "I'm doing it. I'm starting now." There was no like. She was all in.
0: I that's, had to pick. That's up. Nancy.
1: That is Nancy, isn't it? Oh, yes, and thank goodness for that because that kind of um, action behind words is what I needed. Yeah. So I picked. I don't. I can't remember why now, but I picked September 23rd, and that was the last day. And I did 30 days, and then. Um, she had already completed her 30 days and she signed up for 90 and one year, no beer. I highly recommend it. So wonderful. I mean, it's, um, you pay a subscription, they send you, uh, daily, you know, sort of emails to increase your knowledge and learning more about alcohol. They give you strategies for all kinds of things and videos. And so it was a really great starting point. Okay. And then she and I did 90 days and it just kind of kept building and building. So we were building on days, blocks of time over time. And um, I said to my husband, I'm like, I think I'm going to go for a year. And he's just looking at me like, what is happening? Like, (laughs) Do you feel okay? Yeah, yeah. I do. I feel really good. (laughs) I feel more than okay. I'm addicted to feeling good. This is exactly the deal. Um, But it was then when I, broke the news to my friends that I was going to give up drinking for a year that they were kind of like, okay, come on. Like we get the 30 days, we get the 90 days, but really a whole year. And strangely enough, all that did was make me go, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. And um, that really helped a lot. And then uh, after that, um, Nancy found a group called sober sis, which is how you and I met too. And, um, she, uh, invited me. So thank goodness for the invitations, right? Like thank God for our girlfriends who, or, or the people in our lives who invite us to do these things. So I joined, wait,
0: listen, that listened to us,
1: Mm -hmm. you know,
0: if she wouldn't have, I mean, you being brave, just voicing, you know, Hey, like, what do you think about this? And her being such a good friend that she listened, she remembered and then she yeah. put in action. Right. Sorry, that was just so important no, to point out because I mean, without that, I mean, who knows what? I mean, oh, I don't want to think about it. We would have probably never met. Julie, I know. it's, oh, it's not God. something
1: I want to dwell on, right? <laughs> because I don't so- like to think about it. <laughs> Pick up at sober sis. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. And and yeah, I, I'm just so grateful to Nancy, and I've tried to express it to her, and she accepts the compliment, um, but at the same time, I just don't know that I can ever express. How grateful I am for her to invite me to do these things. So anyway, yes, I joined sober Sis, I believe it was, we were March resetters, right? Jess March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd already gone into the journey with some, um, you know, traction. And so, uh, sober Sis was another great community because it wasn't very large at that time. Just a few mm-hmm. dozen of us, you know, like a, a smattering compared to what it was is now, but, so just building on my support system, starting with one year, no beer, then adding in sober sis, and then it just sort of really unlocks, right? Mm-hmm. So one year, no beer introduced me to Annie Grace. And cause they kept saying, if there's one book that you start with, it is, um, this naked mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm very much a coachable person. I would say if that's one of my strengths, even though I am a coach, I am like down for all the coaching, like, please just tell me what to do. And I'm going to do it. So I listened to that book twice. I think I read it twice. Um, and then once I got into silver sis, that's where I was introduced to other resources like Rachel Hart, you know, and, um, her podcast and, oh my goodness, so many good books, like alcohol lied to me. And, you know, of course I don't have all those authors on hand and things like that, but, um, just getting, people that are trying to work towards the same thing. And then also having people, um, you know, share their experiences. It was just so powerful. Um, now recently I joined uh, sober mom squad, which was something that I've been saying for a while that I was going to do. And I just, I don't know, again, who knows why the timeline is what it is. But okay. a few weeks ago I jumped into that uh, group, which is phenomenal as well. Um, So now I'm really in the frame of mind of protecting what I have, right? Like, I feel like I've really set up myself for longevity with this, but I don't want to take for granted that it's going to just always be there for me, right? Right. I want to be working at it. Um, Sometimes it's pretty intense work. And other times I kind of back off and like, you know what, I'm done listening to uh, self-help mindset things. I wanted to just <laughs> listen to a crime novel or I don't know, veg out on a uh, Netflix series and just watch that for a while. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, this is an important one. I love Al-Anon. Oh, what a- this, yeah. This is recent too, right? too. Yes. Um, without give, okay. So obviously I have to be careful, right? Because yeah. I went to, Al-Anon to support. Somebody I love very dearly, because that person has their spouse is an alcoholic. Okay. So I I don't need to get into all the details except to say going to an Al-Anon meeting, which if if people out there don't know what that is, it's it's a support group with the same, you know, sort of 12 steps as AA, except it's for the person that is who loves an alcoholic or is impacted by an alcoholic. Um, so what kind of opened my eyes and there was, um, wow, like what they teach and what they help you with in Al-Anon really helps me sort of understand where some people in my life are coming from with it being a full-blown disease addiction. I have more, not just empathy, but also an understanding of I can't control. Like that's a big thing. Like I can't control what other people do. I can only control what I am doing. I can support and love, but you know, so that alone is just another big eye opener. So I read the Al-Anon literature every day. You know, they have a couple good reflective books that I like to just read. It's super short. Um, and I and I recommend Al-Anon to a lot of people uh, that might be, you know, needing that support, but it really does kind of help me. So if there's anybody out there who, again, it doesn't even really have to be that you're living with an alcoholic, maybe you just need to let go of some control in other areas of your life, you're trying to control other people, or maybe your mood is impacted by um, other people. But really for me, it just helps me
0: kind of understand some other relationships in my life. So I wanted to mention oh, it. man. a
1: powerful group. Yeah. That
0: sounds amazing. And it hasn't been brought up on the podcast yet. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I mean, what a powerful tool that you probably didn't even think of adding, you know, right. I mean, just to see that other side. And I bet it's pretty remarkable to to kind of be on that other side somewhat you know and mm-hmm. and just maybe even see what it was like for people that we love you know if our situation was you know getting a little bit more intense or yeah. oh wow mm-hmm. i bet it's been really really interesting to yeah. uh, to add that in it has and then I the mentioned. person
1: that i went with to support i get to watch what it does for her and i mean it's such a gift it's such a blessing it's such a gift Um, she is, uh, taking care of herself and it's really shifted a lot of things in her life for the better. And, oh my gosh, just really powerful miracle. Really? I believe it's a miracle. So
0: I'm going to have to look that up around here because I bet it would be so beneficial for, especially us that are in the sober community when we, how do I put this the right way? We feel so good that we want this for everyone. Yes. But a lot oh, yeah. of times we don't, we maybe are not sending the right support to the people that need it or sending the right message or, you know, just basically supporting them the way that we should, because we can't change anyone, but correct me if I'm wrong. I could see that being an avenue where it really helps you use the right words or understand what's going on with them or, or be their cheerleader, you know? And absolutely. Support. Yes,
1: absolutely. Because I think our intentions, they come from a good place, right? Like we just want <laughs> sure for other people to have some of what we've been able to enjoy and, and all those things and, and all the good things that come from being sober. But yeah, but again, we don't have any control over that. We can just mm-hmm. kind of lead by example and love and yeah. So it definitely helps sort of drive that message home for me when I yeah. read that on literature, really good stuff.
0: Oh, so good. And I will have links to all of that in our show notes for anybody that is interested in, in seeking out that information. Mm -hmm. All right, my love, well, we're already shifting to our good, but why don't you, I know now we're kind of in that part of this show where tell us the benefits that you started feeling or noticing once you removed alcohol, what, what was going on? Mm,
1: Okay. So For me, I can distinctly remember the first weekend down at the camper where I didn't drink and I woke up hangover free and the joy that I had in my heart (laughs) and I wanted to run out of my camper and stand (laughs) on my deck and go,
0: I'm feeling great, you know, but uh, seriously, I just imagine a Disney movie, like the birds landing on your shoulders, like, Oh, (laughs) that is hilarious, (laughs) but this it's so
1: true. I mean, I internally, I was busting at the seams, just number one, so proud of myself because I, you know, I followed through with what my plan was. Um, I was just excited that this is, I had more to look forward to, you know, like the, the seed was planted, right? Like I can get up, I can do this. I'm up before everybody else. Um, I'm going to go for a walk. And so for me, the immediate was just being able to engage in my life, right? Like it was taking me so long to recover from partying Friday, partying Saturday. And here's the thing that I forgot to mention. Okay. So now we're, we're kind of digressing. So I apologize (laughs) because we're talking about the good, right? As long as
0: it leads to the good, you're on the right track. I
1: kind of forgot. I kind of forgot about this.
0: I remember on
1: a Tuesday, I was still feeling horrible physically from my drinking over the weekend. And I remember, yes, still on a Tuesday. And I remember picking my kids up from school and saying, thank goodness I'm home now because I'm going to have a Bloody Mary. So, you know, is that a rock bottom? I don't know. Is that a flag? And again, these labels, it's kind of like, okay, everybody, it's all relative, right? Mm -hmm. I wish I would have thought about that and mentioned that before because now I feel like I'm going to back to those signs and signals. But I guess the reason why that's a good thing for me to notice right now is I never want that again. Like mm-hmm. I never want to have a hangover again. There's nothing you can do to convince me to take that shot, to right. you know, um, have that second drink. There's nothing gonna be never going to take me back there because I'm so in tune with how good I feel in the mornings and the morning time is so valuable to me. So that's good, right? Like that's way good. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you but probably no, noticed after the birds all flew off your shoulders, mm-hmm. you didn't have that time where you needed to recover. I mean, you were able to enjoy all yeah. of it and pick yeah. up your kids Tuesday feeling great. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Did no you more. Notice, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're
1: fine. Uh, no more recovering, and that for me, and and not just avoiding what feels bad, but embracing and noticing what feels fantastic. I think paying attention to those things is critical. What were you going to say?
0: Did you notice like any um, benefits as far as like sleep quality, as far as energy levels, kind of all those, the lists of the pros that they share with us when we. Oh starting out.
1: (laughs) Yes, certainly. Um, better sleep, but here's, let me mention something that I don't know. I, I tracked my, my money that Mm -hmm. I was spending. So that was something that was motivating to me. So yes, all those things, right. Anything physical, mental, spiritual, I noticed those benefits, but tangible things like anytime I went to a restaurant and I didn't order alcohol, I kind of figured out how much I would have spent and I logged it in my phone. So I did that for three months and just over time, I thought three months is good enough. $200 a month is what Seriously. I was paying on average on alcohol. So tracking stuff like that really kind of reinforced like, okay, well, I'm going to buy instead of alcohol, I'm going to have that dessert after dinner, you know, at the restaurant. And so, um, that was also really good too, that I was, for me, recognizing that I was saving money. Um my teen my kids, well, four years ago, four and a half years ago, I would have had about, you know, a, a 15, 16-year-old all down to 10 years old. So also the recognition that my boys will probably remember me making a change mm-hmm. at some point. We've talked about it too. So being able to have these open conversations with my teenage boys about alcohol and drinking and Yes, um mom <laughs> has yeah. made changes, you know, and so um I think modeling that for them. Now my husband still drinks, you know, he still drinks on occasion and we go down the camper and he does his thing and I'm there too with him, but I'm drinking something else, you know. So right. uh, those are some really, really good things, I think.
0: Mm. Those yeah. are really good things. Really, really good so. things. Oh well, I'm looking at my list, I'm cheating. Um Tell oh. me what. Oh yeah. Did we miss something?
1: Oh, what were you going to ask me? Let me see. Maybe it'll tie into the oh. next. You're going to ask me. I
0: don't know. this is really fun. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you, what is the most important thing in your life right now? And I always, I always have to mention, we know your family is important. We love you and we know you love your family, but yeah. other than your family, like what's something that's important that you're doing right now? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because it
1: actually brings me back to the good. And I can't believe this was the main thing I wanted to mention. Um, so the most important thing to me right now is my relationship with my friends. Mm. I mean, obviously my relationship with God, relationship with my family, but I don't know where I would be without my friends. And that's another good thing that's come from this silver minded journey is, I mean, yeah, you and I would never have met, you know, um, another friend of ours, so we've traveled together, you know, I've come out to, uh, Northwest, uh, the Pacific Northwest to, to be with you. So I'm one of the few people that has the privilege of knowing (laughs) you in person. Um, but, uh, those relationships where I know these folks understand where I'm coming from, um, and, and just fostering that and just realizing that even if it's been a while since we've talked, I can always just pick up the phone. I can always just text or whatever. So yeah, no matter how long it's been, I know that we can, you know, just touch base and it's like, no time has passed at all. I I always have that. Um, And then also just recognizing even fostering the relationships of the people who um, are just in my day-to-day, you know, the moms in my community. Uh, So important. I'm usually the one that's trying to find things to do that don't involve alcohol. And these friends of mine do drink, right? But I kind of go, hey, let's go see a movie. So I tend to initiate those things because I want to still have relationships with some of my friends who drink. Some of them, not so much. Others, it's like, since it's not the main thing for them, yeah, I love to like be the instigator and go, let's go have dinner, let's go have, let's go get a movie together, Um, let's go for a walk. So for sure my relationships with my friends. Hmm. Really important. My that's poor so husband, important. if he looked at me and said, it's either me or your friends, I'd go, buddy, you don't want to go down that road.
0: <laughs> I love not that. So
1: much. I love my friends. You Are you pretty. sure you want to ask that question? You never would, but you know, that's a <laughs> hypothetical, but it's like, Oh, Oh, don't make me ever choose anything over my friends. Cause it's not going to happen. And, and <laughs> anyway, so that's just a beautiful thing to the network of people I've met. And what's exciting too, is I don't even know who my future friends are. Think about that for a moment, right. Jeff. Like right. think of how many people you've met through this podcast and it's the same. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It really is in the best way, you know, and for anybody that's listening to the, the beauty of the sober community is you, you do, you build these friendships if you're open to it. And if you have the opportunity to meet one of your sober buddies in person. Oh my gosh. It's just a game changer. And I know that, you know, it doesn't always work out that you can meet them in person. Thank goodness we can have relationships, you know, over, over things like this. But, oh my gosh, I mean, I remember without going really into it, meeting you and the girls for the first time, because we did our own little, our own little retreat, just the four of us. And I mean, that moment where you're meeting these people that you've only known through a Marco Polo app, (laughs) Right. You know, but yeah. know everything about them. Like mm-hmm. there is so much beauty in being vulnerable in sharing our stories and just supporting each other. So yeah. absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. All right, my friend. Well, we are wrapping up. I want to know. I'm looking at my list again because this is what I do, keeping it real. <laughs> um, looking forward, what what is ahead of you? You know, what new things do you want to accomplish in this new chapter, big or small?
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So I'm turning 50 in September. So I'll be
1: celebrating my four year anniversary, the same year I turn 50 and, you know, my kids are getting older. So I'm really looking forward to, I'm, I love to travel. Um, I think that's another thing that this journey has allowed me to do is really make that a priority. So finding cool places to go, that's something I want to do. Uh, travel with my kids as much as possible. We just got back from New Mexico. What a beautiful state. Um, we did a great trip down there for spring break and having the energy like to travel. Cause I remember when I was drinking so much, I would come home from a trip, just exhausted and the anxiety I would have trying to get back into my normal day to day all that is gone. So I really look forward to fostering my travel in the future. You know, I mentioned earlier that I'm a WW coach weight watchers for those of you. Um, I mean, I think most people have heard of that. So, um, I did come to this journey with a little bit of, you know, quite a bit of, uh, mm, science backed knowledge around behavior change, you know, cause that's part of what we do is help, uh, people change their, you know, their thoughts and behaviors and so forth. But, So one of the things I'm trying to do in my, my job is just, we have, um, a part of our WW app that is called connect. And so anybody listening, if you've ever done WW might be familiar with this, and if not, no biggie, but you can imagine, um, that in there, there's a social media part and there's actually a group in there called dry WW. So anybody, yeah. Yeah. So anybody who's doing weight watchers, who is also maybe trying to, I don't know, do whatever, you, you know, to the... more bread, <laughs> <laughs> spend six points on bread instead of six points on wine. Absolutely. Yeah. So all, all kinds of reasons people would join that group. So one of the things I want to do, and I'm just dipping my toe in right now is be there for those people in that group. Right. So like, um, because it's, it's a little ironic that I work for a wellness company that also doesn't teach anybody about the impacts of alcohol. Mm -hmm. So we speak strictly in points when it comes to, you know, people's, you know, their alcohol intake. But when I enter into the dry WW connect group, I can, I can be as free as I want with Mm -hmm. my journey because I show up in that group as a member, not a coach. So I can talk about my experience with, you know, changing my relationship with alcohol and I can drop little nuggets of science in there. And, you know, did you know this about alcohol? Did you know that it's actually a depressant? And the reason why you don't feel like working out on a Saturday morning isn't because you have no willpower. It's because you were toxing yourself up the night before these kinds of things. Right. So I'm just trying to, um, inject, I'm trying to balance out the conversation because just like anywhere else in our society in WW world, we do have members who they're, they're exercising, they're exercising for points. They want to add points so they can drink their points. I'm not judging those people. I I used to be that person, right? I'd be like, okay, I'm going to be spending 642 points on alcohol this weekend. (laughs) Gotta go run my (laughs) marathon. (laughs) (laughs) how am I going to make a plan for that? (laughs) Oh, and, um, so I, yeah, I'm just trying to balance the conversation because alcohol is so it, it has no boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so even in Weight Watcher world, um, I'm just trying to help in my own way. So again, still in kind of the makings of that and just trying to figure out what I want to post and,
0: You know, without
1: reinventing the wheel and spending too much time, so having a balance there. So, I guess if anybody's already part of Weight Watchers, head on over to the the Dry WW (laughs) Connect group because you'll see me in there, and you can, you know, we'll we'll meet up that way. But I I don't really have like an Instagram handle related to my, you know, so far it's just really just me talking, you know, versus me being out there in a social platform. So, um,
0: equally as important.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: I think so. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. And I love that you're just kind of placing little nuggets in that group. I mean, because even when we feel like maybe, oh, I wonder if anybody's going to read this. They do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the right, right person is going to be able to see that. So thank yeah. you for what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. All right. My last question. <laughs> I'm trying not to cry. I'll call <laughs> you later. I'm just kidding. Um, to the one person or many that are listening to this right now and feeling inspired to make a change, what advice can you give them?
1: Um, Well, I'm gonna just defer to, I'm one of the privileged people to be actually published in your journal, your awesome journal, uh, because I have a, a piece of advice in there actually. So I'm just gonna read this. It's on page seven of your journal. Um, I said, this is me, Julie S. from Marshalltown, Iowa. I said, you will work hard for your sober days. They don't just happen. Dig deep, read the books, join the groups, listen to the podcasts, write in a journal, and most importantly, find your people. We exist. Hmm. So I know that sounds like a lot to do. <laughs> so just remember, let's not overthink it and go with your gut. So if your gut is telling you, hey, I'm going to follow that person on Instagram, do it. If your gut then says, oh, that person on Instagram recommended This Naked Mind by my, by Annie Grace, I should read that. Read the book. <laughs> and then when she talks, you know, just, just follow up your thoughts with actions. And I think once you do that, you'll start to unlock more and more without getting overwhelmed. So just take it day by day, decision by decision, Oh, but I can't wait to meet some of you. I just have a feeling like someday somebody listening to this podcast, maybe our paths will cross because the sober minded community does become a tight knit community. It does. Um, Yeah. So that's my advice.
0: And, you know, for those of you that, you know, need somebody to push you in the right direction, we'll just give them Nancy's number. Right. Right. I'm sure Nancy (laughs) wouldn't mind if we gave the number like her her home address. Yeah. Her home <laughs> address.
1: Uh, yeah. She'll be calling you, I'm sure. And getting in touch. See if you want to do a challenge with her. Yeah. We'll just push <laughs> it all off on a Nancy.
0: <laughs> oh, but seriously. And all oh, that all of your advice was perfect because it's true. Those questions in your head, they're there for a reason. It's, mm-hmm. it's obviously important to you and just go for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What do you have we to did- lose? Yeah. And I'm going to play that part back for my family, where you said your advice was awesome because it was perfect, and I wish my family would get on board with that, right. with my advice being
0: really sound advice. Okay. From the- <laughs> mom knows, okay. Mom knows. Yeah, Just everybody, listen. click mom. this link and listen to the podcast. Because uh, mom yeah. knows. <laughs> Just skip to the
1: end. Just skip to the end of the podcast, and then you'll hear my friends say that I'm right. That's all that matters. <laughs> Oh, um, I love tell you me from- we're, Don't tell me we're done. Do we have to say goodbye? I suppose so. I gotta fold the clothes that I'm sitting on right now, so <laughs> it's probably time. <laughs> I gotta go scrape my lunch dishes that are still sitting there. So yeah, we got things okay. to do, but so fun.
0: I love you. So so fun. Thank you, Julie, and thank you everybody for listening. All right. Bye bye bye. If you'd like to learn more about the show or make a donation, you can head over to decidedlydry.com. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. It's sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember, if the only thing you did today was stay sober, you are winning. I'll see you next time.